All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We give you the praise. We ask and we say there is revelation knowledge. The eyes of our understanding is enlightened. We behold you as we see ourselves in you. And we say there is no confusion in this atmosphere. The eyes of our understanding is enlightened. And we say we see you as we see ourselves in Christ Jesus. And we say in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. The reality or the basics of Christianity. We're continuing our series on that. This is series one, though. We're still going to tell more for that in series two, the basics of Christianity. And we've seen quite some study. I started this like about well, two, three months ago prior to guys coming in doors or the first service at that time. Christianity is a reality. I would say Christianity is a reality. And there are things that define Christianity. Christianity is a reality. There are things that define Christianity. We say being a member of a church or attending crusades, conventions, may not be the proof of appreciating your Christianity. We said that Christianity is founded on God's work or on Christ's work of salvation. We said Christianity is founded on Christ's work of salvation. And the believer's daily living is founded on the reality of his salvation. The believer's daily living is founded on the reality of his salvation. Romans 1.16. Romans 1.16, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to those who believe, to the Jews and also to the Greeks. So, he says, you are, I am not ashamed of the gospel. So there can be no salvation outside the gospel of Christ. There is no salvation outside the gospel of Christ. There can't even be salvation outside the gospel of Christ. It's not possible. Because the ability of God to save is in the gospel. The ability of God to save is in the gospel. The ability of God to save, I'll repeat it again, is in the gospel. The ability of God to save is in the gospel. So we said Christ's work or Christianity is founded on Christ's work of salvation. Christianity is founded on Christ's work of salvation. And you see in 1 Timothy 2 verse 4, 1 Timothy 2 verse 4, it says, Oh, we have all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. So, God's plan is to have all men saved. How many of you believe all men can be saved? I believe it. I believe it with the whole of my heart. We are trusting God for North, for, 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 for North America. We are trusting God for South America. We are trusting God for, for Latin America. We are trusting God for Middle America. We're trusting God for Europe. We're trusting God for Africa. We're trusting God for Asia. We're trusting God for all the continents of the world. All men can be saved. God's glory is going to fill the earth. God's glory will fill the earth. So, it's so. First Timothy 2 4 says, um, it says, Who will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth? All men to be saved and to come. To the knowledge of the truth. So, we said there is, oh, it's to every believer 
needs to know what is needed after salvation. And the plan of God for every man is in twofold. That is, you, the man will be saved. The man will come into the knowledge of the truth. The man will be saved. The man will come into the knowledge of the truth. The man will be saved. And the man will come into the knowledge of the truth. So the man will be saved in Mark 16 verse 15. It says, go into the world and preach the gospel to all creatures. Advising them in the name of the Father and of the Son. That's, no, that's, I'm, I'm quoting Matthew 28. Now, Matthew 15 says, he that believeth will be saved and he that believeth not will be damned. You will see in Matthew 28 to come to the knowledge of the truth. Matthew 28 verse 8, 20, Matthew 28 verse 19. It says, go into the world. Or verse 18 to 19. It says, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It says, he that believeth, he that believeth, in verse 19, it says, Baptize them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. So, to come to the knowledge of the truth. So, God's plan is that you are saved, and you come to the knowledge of the truth. So, he's not just getting people saved. That is why there is follow-up. That is why there is discipleship. So that men would come to the knowledge of the truth. Men will grow in their salvation. Men will grow in their salvation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we said, and we have we, we, we've addressed quite some quite quite some quite some stops here. And we said Christianity is what Christ has is what Christ has done, who Jesus is, and what he represents to us. Christianity is what Christ has done, who Jesus is, and what he represents to us. And we said Jesus is not one of God's way of dealing with us. Jesus is the only way. Just like John 14 made us to understand. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. So every Christian needs to appreciate what, accurately what God has done. We read in Philemon 1 verse 4 to 6. 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 It says that the communication of your faith may become effectual, over six, by acknowledging every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. He now says, by acknowledging everything which is in you in Christ Jesus. So the participation of your faith becomes more effective by acknowledging every good thing which is in you in Christ. And we said the word acknowledge there means you are coming to a precise. As the Greek word epignosis. It means you are coming to a precise, a correct understanding. A precise and correct understanding. A precise and correct understanding. A precise and correct understanding. So that is, you are sure of what you know. Are you getting what I'm saying? We don't want to have Christians who are not sure of what they know. They are vulgar with what you know. You are consistent with what you know. You are. It's like saying, hey, what's your name? My name is Noah. You know your name. So, a Christian is sure of what he knows. So, as we said, every Christian needs to come to that reality of what Christ has done in him. And listen, teaching is a crucial part of Christianity. You can't be a believer and not want to be taught. Are you getting what I'm saying? You can't be a believer and skip teaching meetings. You can't be a believer and not be eager to sit under, under a teacher. Because 
That is how you will grow. Somebody say, oh, I just read my Bible. I just, I just like to read my Bible. I just like to fellowship alone. And um, I just don't like um, people and this and that. Ah, that person cannot grow. Bible says in Hebrews, we're going to get there. So we're going to get there very soon. The Bible says in Hebrews, forsaking not in the, the Hebrews 13, forsaking not the assemblies of the brethren. So, teaching is a crucial part of Christianity. It's very crucial. A believer is to learn what Christ is doing. We learn who he is. We studied that earlier. We said, we learn who he is. What he has done, what he is doing in us and through us, we will learn who we are in him, we will learn what we have in him and what we can do in him. So, there are several things that a believer needs to learn. Or there are several things a believer needs to come to the appreciation of. And we say, one of the first things a believer needs to understand or come to the appreciation of is the reality of God's word. We studied that last Sunday. We said the reality of God's word. That is, when a man is born again, he is fed God's word. First Peter 2 1 verse 2 he says, As new mumbies decide the sincere of the word, that ye may grow thereby. So he says, You are fed God's word. A believer needs to come to an appreciation of God's word. So he says, What's your proof? What's your proof? Second Peter, Second Timothy 3, verse 15. As from a child that was known, the only scripture which is able to make the wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And all scripture is given by the inspiration of God, which is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect and thoroughly furnished unto a good work. The scriptures are given for evidence. The scriptures are given for our reproof. The scriptures are given for correction. That is the scriptures. So, in the inspiration of the scriptures, there is a message in the entire Bible. John 5 verse 39. Such is the scriptures for in them. You think you have eternal life for the day which testify of Jesus. So, Jesus is the message and in the reading of the Bible, we've come to see that as a reality. Jesus is the message. Jesus is the message. So we see a believer needs to come to a comprehension of God's word, the reality of God's word. He has to hear the word, remember? He has to read the word and he has to believe the word. I'll come again. He has to hear the word, he has to read the word, he has to believe the word. And we said the word of God supersedes every experience. The word of God supersedes every circumstances. The word of God supersedes revelation. Does that get does that get that? The word of God. And we said again, we went further. We said another reality the believer needs to come into play is the reality of our redemption. That is the price that was paid. The price that was paid for us. We studied that last week. We said the price that was paid for us. And we said in redemption, we have forgiveness of sins. In redemption, we have forgiveness of sins. God did not request a change of heart from us. Before he forgave us, it was given based on what Christ has done. So, another thing a believer needs to come into the comprehension of is the reality of God's word, the reality of his redemption. That is, he is saved to the orthamos. And we saw it that we said the old orthamos means forever. He is saved forever. We said the believer cannot lose his salvation. You and I cannot lose our salvation. Glory to God. Yeah. We cannot lose our salvation. 
Are you getting what I'm saying? You can't lose your salvation. Because inferno is the opposite of temporal. So it means we have a forever and a lasting salvation. So one of the things the believer needs to come into play or to come into the to, to have an understanding of is the reality of God's word. We've seen the reality of our redemption. And we've seen and we've seen and we've seen infernal redemption. And now we want to see the reality of the new creation. The reality of the new creation. You know, I, I, I thought what I'm about to teach you now, if you pay attention well, I taught you in born again. I taught you this this what I want to teach you now in born again. I'm just repeating myself again in this message. So if you can lay your hand on born again, you have an abreast understanding of much of what I'm what I'm doing here. Now, the usage of the word new creation is not for the new convert or at the point of salvation alone. The usage of the word the new creation is not for the new convert or is not at the point of salvation alone. Now, let's see John 3 verse 1 to 3. 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 John 3 verse 1 to 3 says, um, There was a man of the Pharisee named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher and come from God. For no man do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. He now says, and verily, and Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I said unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot enter into or see the kingdom of God. So to be born again is not a change of acts or character. I will repeat myself. To be born again is not a change of acts or character. Look at verse 4. Look at verse 4. Because I like, I, I like Nicodemus' question. He asks a question like the way Chiamaka will ask a question. He said, Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? <laughs> I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Now, the word born again is not the work of a man. I'll repeat myself. The word born again is not the work of a man. That word again, 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 it implies a different way of birth. The word again implies a different way of birth. It has nothing to do with the second time in this text. It has nothing to do 
with a second time in this text. It implies to be born anew, to be born from above, to be born anew, to be born from above. And like I said again, the word born again is not the work of a man. That again is a different way of birth. It implies to be born with to be it has nothing to do with this to, to, to has nothing to do with the second time in this text. Now look at verse 5 to it. Let's read on verse 5 to it in this in the same text. Jesus answered, Verily, verily I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listed, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell where it goeth, and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the spirit. Now, the word of in verse 5. Look at of in verse 5. When it says, Except a man be born of water. That word of implies it was added by the translators. The translators just added it. One thing you must understand is when you are reading your King James Version, when you are reading the version, you see a word in italicized version. Or when you are, no, I'm, I'm talking of the off of the spirit and of the spirit. That's what I that is Is that in your Bible too? That we, the one when it says, "Except a man be born of water and of the spirit." If you read the if you read the King James version, you will see that it's italicized. Now that word italicized, when you see a word italicized, it means the translators added it. That is, it can actually be omitted when it is written. Are you getting me? So it means that it's just like saying, if I want to read it, now I can say, "If I be man of the water, born of water and the spirit." Are you getting me? I can easily skip that off. Are you getting? Me? So when it translates, it's just like saying, um, "I put a word now," then you will now put inverted comma and say, "Ay said this, pastor said this." Does that make sense? So that way you will now understand that okay, this was not in the original, or okay, let's use this way. When you are explaining a message, let's say you want to reteach this message now. You know, you say, like Pastor was saying in this thing, then you now say, No, this is what me I am saying. So the translators now added, when, when they now put that italicized word in the King James Version, I'm, I'm, I'm using emphasis on King James Version now, that italicized means they added it. It is not in the original manuscript. Does that make sense? Because you know the the Bible was translated from Greek, especially the New Testament. If you, read, if you listen to Bible hermeneutics, the series we did, it says the Bible was translated from in the New Testament was translated from the Greek, Koine Greek, to the English. Does that make sense? We're going to still see much of that as we progress. When the lifetime of study now, lifetime. All right, and the word and was translated from the Greek word kai. I'm sure everybody knows that kai. It implies that this it is not um it is not a con it is it is not a conjunction for two words rather it is the word and it is the, so when it's when when, I, when we are using the word kai you know in the normal English way when you say 
Noah and Joy. It's two people, right? But in the Greek, it is not a conjunction. It's just meaning Noah, that is Musa. Noah and Musa. Does that make sense? So instead of you saying two people, you know it's one person. I'm only explaining it further. Does that make sense? That is what that is how the Greek is. So the word and so that word and we've seen that and it says water was used to describe. So now the word water there was used to describe the newness of the spirit. 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 So in verse 3 to 8 that we just read, the phrase born again appeared twice. Do you notice? Now let's see that ourselves. Look at it. It says in verse 3, it says, except a man be born again. Look at, uh, uh, except a man be born again. Where's the second one? Verse 3 to 8. Verse 7. Marvin not and I said unto you, ye must be born again. So there was an emphasis on that word born again. So born of the Spirit occurred three times. Born of the Spirit occurred three times. Born again appeared twice. Born of the Spirit appeared three times. Born of water appeared once. Now, I'll say it again. Born, of, born again appeared twice. Born of the Spirit appeared three times. Born of water appeared once. Now, if you were to place an emphasis, which one will you place an emphasis on? Born of the Spirit. Born of the Spirit. Does that make sense? Now, you're learning how to read. So you place an emphasis on the born of the spirit because Jesus was not talking about different, three different births. So they, it is not born of the water, separate. Born of the spirit, separate. Born of born again, separate. So I don't know if you get it. He wasn't explaining three different births. Rather, being born again implies or simply means being born of the spirit. Does that make sense? So he was only explaining what born again means. Born again means I am born of the Spirit. So the term born of water is explained as being born again or born of the Spirit too. Are you seeing it now? So if I say I is born of water, I can say I'm born of the Spirit. Does that make sense? In that, in that verse. Well, you know people used to mean this verse to mean water baptism. When you read this place, that's not what it's talking about. Though. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, So he was referring to the same thing. When he says being born of water, the emphasis is still born of the spirit. Are you getting it? Being born again, the emphasis is born of the spirit. Are you getting it now? So he was referring to the same thing. And one thing that the Jews understand, because the, you must understand that the, the first audience of those people he was referring to was the Jews. And the Jews understand water as newness. They understood water as newness. Look at Ezekiel 36. It is like Ezekiel 36 verse 20. Ezekiel 36 verse 24. Let's read that. Ezekiel 36 verse 24. Ezekiel 36 verse 24 to 27. Ezekiel 36 verse 24. Look at it. Are you there? It says, For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all the countries, and I will bring you into your own land. And I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you. A new spirit will I put upon you. I will take away the stony heart from your flesh, 
and I will give you an amount of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgment and do them. So the time clean water in verse 25. Look at verse 25. That time clean water. It says, I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean. So the word clean water refers to a new art, a new spirit. It was symbolic of newness. Does that make sense? Look at John 7. John 7. John 7. John 7. John 7. John 7, verse 39. John 7, verse 37. Let's look at verse 37. In the last days, the, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried, saying, If any man test, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture says, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Out of the belly shall flow rivers of of living water so the term born again means to receive the gospel which is by faith when somebody is born again it means the person will receive the gospel by faith so when we're saying um clean water we give unto him the sweet shall flow living water so we says water there is symbolic of newness right water is symbolic of a new act Walker is symbolic of a new spirit. So, being born again means to receive the gospel, which is by faith. So, Jesus explained to them, and he explained to them in John 3, 16. You believe it? John 3, verse 16. For also love the word that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe it shall be saved, and whosoever does not believe, Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not the Son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. So it explained that in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16 to 17. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16 to 17. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16 to 17. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Yea, we have no Christ after the flesh. Yet now, henceforth, know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So, when a man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Remember, we are still studying the reality of the new creation. He is a new creation. That is, he is now a new man in Christ. That word behold means, behold, it means see. Pay attention to this. So Paul was explaining the reality of the new creation in Christ. And he wants us to pay attention to that. So when he says, behold, there, all things have become new. That is, see this. Pay attention to this. All things have become new. Now look at 1 John 5 verse 1. 1 John 5 verse 1. 1 John 5 verse 1. The reality of the new creation. That we are new. We are new. We are new. 1 John 5 verse 1. 
Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Son of God, is, is the Christ, is born of God, and everyone that loveth him, that begat, loveth him also, that is the begotten of him. Look at verse 4. For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. First Peter 1 23. First Peter 1 23. First Peter 1 23. First Peter 1 23. It says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. The word seed in that place is not of incorruptible seed. It means there is a beginning. It is a change of lifestyle. It is, sorry, it is not a change of lifestyle. Not it is a change of life. It is not a change of lifestyle. The new creation has no past. Hmm. I'll say it again. The new creation has no past. He is born of God. He says he is born of. Look at that verse twenty-three again. Being born again, not of corruptible seed but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. And I said that word seed implies it, it, there is a beginning. It has no change of lifestyle. This has nothing to do with change of lifestyle. The new creation has no past. He is born of God. There is no past for a man who has believed the gospel. Why could Paul confidently say, I've wronged no man? <laughs> if once a murderer, there is no past. That is why you can preach to someone who kills the gospel, who kills people today. You know, there's a trending video of somebody who they set up list, a Christian somewhere in Africa who they set up list and everybody is the whole social media is going on rampage because of that do you know that those who kill that if they believe the gospel they don't have a past so we say god is wicked no god is not wicked that is the man who is born again that's a loving god a forgiving god the new creation has no past Hallelujah. Praise no past for a man who has believed the gospel. First Peter 2 9. First Peter 2 9. First Peter 2 9. But ye are a chosen, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, an holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Since you are a chosen generation, generation means race, a breed, a, a breed of people, one that is unique, a peculiar people. First John 5. So that means your knowledge has changed. Are you getting me? You know, for the new creation, there is nothing like family cause again. There is nothing like family problem again for the new creation. 
There's nothing like the powers from my father's house again from the new creation. There's nothing like, oh, ah, in my destiny, in our lineage, nobody has been able to cross this lineage. Yo, you've changed lineage. You are now a chosen generation. Your lineage has changed. Your generation has changed. That's why I like that song. May his favor be upon you and your family and your family and your children and their children and their children. May his presence go before you and in there and a thousand generations and their family and their children and their children and their children. So, something like that. Because your generation has changed. So we still be thinking, oh, I am from a generation where when they get to the age of 20, they die. Oh, no, you've passed that level. You are not in that generation again. You are not in Christ. Glory to God. Glory to God. You are not in Christ. We said generation means a race, a breed of people. The one that is unique, a peculiar people. First John 5. First John 5 verse 11. We're going back there. First John 5 verse 11. First John 5 verse 11. First John 5 verse 11. It says, And this is the record, Aya, that God had given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He that hath he that hath the son hath life. And he that hath not the son of God hath no life. Your life is actually in Christ. See, a man who has not believed the gospel does not have a life. <laughs> Are you surprised? A man who has not believed the gospel does not have a life. A man who has not believed the gospel does not have a life. Life begins in Christ Jesus. Life begins in Christ Jesus. When we are dead in sin and there was no life before we believed Jesus, before Jesus. We are dead in sins. Look at 1 John. 3 verse 9. First John 3, 9. Chapter 3, verse 9. Says, Whoever is born of God does not commit sin, for his seed. Are you seeing the word seed there again? Remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of what? He is born of God. So in the spirit of the man born again is the life and the nature of God. In the spirit of the man born again is the life and the nature of God. That is, the seed of God is in him. The seed of God is in me. I am born of God. See, you have to learn to understand your reality that much. I am born of God. 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 The seed of God is in me. The seed of God is in me. The seed of God is in me. See, you know, you have to learn to see these things so much that it dawns on you. The seed of God that cannot produce sin is in you. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 to 18. 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 Second Corinthians 5, verse 17 to 18. It says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 
and all things are of God who has reconciled us by himself by Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So we have to build this reality. What did I say build means? It means see, right? Yes, Pay attention to, right? You have to build this reality. The reality of God's word, the reality that this is our experience now. That we are born of God. We have a new generation. We are a peculiar people. A royal priesthood. We have to see that the new creation has no past. So we say, I've killed before. I've done this before. I've stolen. You have no past. So we say, hey, what of restitution? Well, you have no past. <laughs> you have no past. So I say, oh, what of the share is stole when I was in primary four, when I was in elementary school? Should I go and return it? You have no past. <laughs> Tell me to go. You have no past. So I say, but it's too good to be true. That is why it is the gospel. It is good news. Is this not good news? <laughs> you have no past. So see, I lied before. I slapped my teacher when I was in primary in elementary school. I stole this. I killed this. I was into this. I was into that. I was into all sorts of this. You have no past. Glory to God. Glory to God. When the devil reminds you of your price, remind him of his future. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, if the devil reminds you of your of your past, remind him and tell him, devil, you have empire to go. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Remind him of his future. Glory to, God. Glory to God. You have no past. I have no past. I have no past. I am new in Christ always. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I have no past. I have no past. I am born of God. 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 The seed of God is in me. 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 The seed of God that cannot produce sin is in me. The seed of God that cannot produce sin is in me. The seed of God that cannot produce sin is in me. The seed of God that cannot produce sin is in me. The seed of God that cannot produce sin is in me. I have no past. I have no past. So I say, oh, I stole meat when I was in my mother's spot. In my mother's spot when I was young. Oh, I stole my, I stole my best friend's chair. I stole some money. Oh, I mean, if I stole money, I did. I don't know about you, but I was in the same thing. <laughs> I did. You? Oh, you are from Zion. <laughs> but I have no past. I think I need to call my mother and say, I have no past. <laughs> I remind her and say, I have no past. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. When the devil points you and brings back your past and want to condemn you, remind him of his future. <laughs> Just say, you devil! You are going back to hell. He's going to stop. Remind him of his future. Tell him he's going to be doomed forever. Tell him he's going to be in an internal abyss forever. Hiya. Tell him, oh, you devil, you are under my feet. You have no business to be up. 
God will go. Glory to God. I have no past. I have no past. So behold this reality. See this reality. Pay attention to this reality. Ephesians 4, verse 20 to 22. Ephesians 4, verse 20 to 22. It says, But ye have not so learned Christ. If so, if you have ate him and have been taught by him as the truth that in, in Jesus ye will put off the former conversations of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. So, the truth is that we have to put off. The truth is that we have to put off concerning the former conversations of the old man in Christ Jesus. We have to put them off. So, this is not an instruction to put on the new man and put off the old man. This is the truth. It has happened. It is not an instruction. Oh, yeah, be putting off the old man. Oh, yeah, be putting off the new man. No. It has happened. We have put off the old man at salvation. And we have put on the new man. The man born of God and born again is as a new nature. And that nature is the nature of God. You have a godlike nature. I 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 have a godlike nature. First Corinthians six verse seventeen. First Corinthians six seventeen. First Corinthians six seventeen. First Corinthians six seventeen. But he that is joined unto the Lord is what? One spirit. spirit. I am one spirit with God. I am one spirit with God. I'm inseparable with God. One spirit with God. So, based on this, based on these realities, Paul now thought concerning the believer's conduct in this context. Look at what he thought in Ephesians 4. Look at how he taught us. Now, because of our reality, because of our nature, because of what, he, what we have done or what we have received in Christ Jesus in our purpose in Ephesians 4. Look at Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, verse 20, verse 23. Ephesians 4, verse 23. Look at what he said. Or let's start from 25. Look at what he said in verse 25. Ephesians 4, verse 25. He says, Wherefore, putting the way line, speak every man truth with his neighbor. For we are members one to another. It says, Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your rocks. Neither give place to the devil. Ephesians 5, verse 1 to 2. Ephesians 5, verse 1 to 2. Ephesians 5, verse 1 to 2. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love, as Christ also had loved us, and had given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for his sweet-smelling sour. So, we have the nature of God in Christ Jesus. Look at Galatians 5 verse 22. We have the nature of God in Christ Jesus. I have the nature of God in Christ Jesus. I have the nature of God in Christ Jesus. I have the nature of God in Christ Jesus. I have the nature of God in Christ Jesus. I have the nature of God in Christ Jesus. I have the nature of God in Christ Jesus. Now, look at your nature. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. 
Oh, glory to God. Joy, peace, long-sufferingness, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So I am loving. I am forgiving. I am forgiving. So loving and forgiving people is not an event or a testimony. It should be your lifestyle. Oh, they should just see you as welcoming. They should just see you as hospitable. You know you have an hospitable spirit. See, I have an hospitable spirit. They should just see you as welcoming. They should just see you as loving. You are just gracious to people, full of grace, not saucy. Not on not someone who does not know how to control his own. Because you have you have the nature of God. And you have put off the old man. You are wearing that nature, walk in the reality. So you know why we are teaching now? It's so that you will see your nature and walk freely in it. Does that make sense? Okay. We are teaching you so that you will see your nature and you just go, oh, this is my nature. I'm loving, I'm forgiving. It's not an event, it's not a testimony, it's not something, it's normal. If we do not walk in love, which is the nature of God, then we are due for renewing of mind. You know, I used to say, my, my bill is due at the end of the month. You find yourself not walking in love. You find yourself not doing certain things which Christ has told us to do according to the scripture. You are due to renew your mind. Look at Ephesians 4 verse 23. Ephesians 4 verse 23. Ephesians 4, 23. Ephesians 4, verse 23. Ephesians 4, verse 23. It says, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Romans 12, verse 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. So, our mindset has to change. What is it changing to? It's changing to your reality, right? Because Paul told us to build, right? Paul told us to pay attention, right? Paul told us to see it. So our mindset has to change by the word. So that we ourselves, so that we ourselves as new creation, will see ourselves. So now, our mindset has to change by the word. You know, a baby, when a baby is born, they will tell the baby, they will say, your name is Noah Musa. And that is how you will accept your name and keep going, right? You know you did not argue and say, wow, when you were young, you didn't really argue and say, why is my name this? You just found out that they were calling you this and you started responding. You found out as a child, you can't remember, but you found out that they called you favor. You remember they say favor, you know, say, ah, okay, it's you. You know, they go, and you started coming to town. Somebody will now ask you, what's your name? Favor. Or let me use Tony, Tony person. When Tony, before Tony started talking well, what's your name? Tony Person. She don't know how to say Tony Benson. So she said Tony Person. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, so a man sees himself in the reality. Now you have seen your reality that you have no past. When the devil reminds you of your past, show him his future. Say, oh, you devil shall not be well with you. You know it is not going to be well with you, you devil. <laughs> Showing your future when it brings condemnation and guilt. Remember, we studied that. Uh, we studied that last week. There is now for now no condemnation. Romans eight verse one to those who are in Christ Jesus. That is our reality. Glory to God. Glory to God. So we have no past. 
we will see ourselves as a new creation. The seed, incorruptible seed, that is a new breed. So what they I have generational cause. It's not, it's not you. Your lineage has changed. When you were born again, you started, you had a life. Are you getting me? Life came to you at salvation. You started existing when you got born again. So a man who is not born again is dead. Life came to you at salvation. Life came to you at salvation. Are you getting what I'm saying? Life came to you at salvation. So when you preach the gospel, you are preaching life to men. You are giving men life. And a man who is born again, who has believed the gospel, he doesn't have a past. Paul could say, Paul, who's, who supervised the kingdom of, of um, this guy, Stephen, of Stephen in the scripture. Paul said, I've wronged no man. The blood of no one is in my hands. Why? He has no past. Are you getting what I'm saying? Peter could boldly stand up and preach to the eleven. To preach. Would have boldly stand up in Acts 2 verse 14 and preach to 3,000 people. A man who has denied Jesus. Why? He has no past. He has no past. He has no past. He has no past. Nicodemus became born again. He has no past. Are you getting me? The woman at the well. Jesus gave him a word of knowledge and said, You have had five husbands. In fact, the very husband you are is the fifth. <laughs> maybe, maybe she has six. He said, Who are thou? And she went to preach. She went to proclaim the name of Jesus all around. Why? She has no past. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we'll tell you, in my generation, we've never crossed a, a limit. No? You're in a new breed now. You're in a new race. And that race is a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A peculiar people. You are unique. God took his time to create you well. Hiya. He took his time. There's a lot that happened. We're going to, see, this is just series one. We're going to study series two. There's a lot that happened that we have to see in Christ. So we have to see ourselves as new creation. We have to see ourselves as a shooting generation. A new breed. We have to stay in the influence of the world. Because when we are staying in the influence of God's world, the word enables us to live and conduct ourselves in God's reality. So we are feeding on the word. We are feeding on the word. That's why we started. A man who does not hear the word, believe the word, or receive God's word, he can, he can appreciate the reality of Christianity. You know, we studied that. A man who does not what? Hear the word, read the word, and believe the word can't appreciate the reality of Christianity. He has to hear the word as you are hearing now. You have believed it now. You have to... What? Appreciate. Appreciate it. Appreciate God's word. Come to a full knowledge of it. The more you keep staying in that, it enables you to see your reality in Christ. It enables you to see what God has done. So, when a man is in Christ, he is a what? He is a new creation. He is now in Christ. I am now in Christ. I pay attention to now to this my reality. To see that I am now in Christ. I am now in Christ. I am now in Christ. 
I am now in Christ. I am born of God. 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 I have no past. I have no past. I am born of God. I am born of God. The word of God is my reality. 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 I have the nature of God. 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 I am born 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 of God. I am one spirit with God. I am one spirit with God. I am I am one spirit with God. 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 I am I am born of God. 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 I am a God like nature. I am a God like nature. Lift your hands and bless God. Lift your hands and bless God. Lift your hands and bless God. Bless God. Bless God. I am born of God. 